Literature and Psychology by Dr. Saideh Malik Afzali, Dr. Daniel Rockers, and Dr. Alex Andrade from Tabana Organization. Tabana is a non-profit mental health organization organized in Sacramento, California. Tabana seeks to help individuals and families to strengthen their capabilities and to thrive. Aired on Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to 1 o'clock weekly. A very warm hello to our Radio Bombdad listeners. I'm sitting with Dr. Alexandrati um, and Dr. Daniel Rockers is uh, absent today. But two of us will continue. Uh, today, we're going to talk about self-love and self-care. So we start with this and um, also the fact that how love actually seeded in us um, and at what age uh, we start really realizing the feeling of love. And from what I understand, um, at the beginning, when you're born as an uh, infant, um, you um, obviously don't even know what's going on. Uh, at least that's how much we know. But mm-hmm. maybe the baby knows and we don't. But uh, in general, you just receive love. Obviously, love of mother, love of father, love of surrounding. And um, you um, actually start realizing love when you go to school. And from that age, school age, you start thinking that, I have to also show my love and it might be very primitive. Like you draw something, you, you even maybe bring a piece of your toy and give it to your mother or father as a sign of love. And this gift giving, sometimes I feel like it's naturally within us because even if you notice a child that is not into materialistic stuff by giving something is showing the love. So it seems like um, it just by itself is a whole mm, research. Why do we give things to each other as a sign of love? Yeah. No, I think it's such a great topic too. I think these are like kind of buzzwords that people use nowadays, self-love, self-care, but there can be so much more that goes into that or, or that, uh, compiles that I think it can be something different for for everybody in regards to you know what that means. I think sometimes we think about love in a way of what we don't have. So sometimes we think of the the love we didn't get, and so that can be one way that we identify love. Well, if you love me, you'll do this, and so it, it's not just always those things that are given. Uh, uh, going back to your example as uh, you know a baby, a lot of times you know we know that parents will. Uh, attend to the child, they'll, they'll give to the child, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where it's almost expected, you know, in psychology, a lot of the theories is once that starts to change when the child's needs aren't met automatically, there's almost like distress. And so we think of that as maybe not loving if you're, you're you know, creating distress because you're not giving. Mm-hmm. But the idea that, you know, the parent can't be ever present, all knowing, omnipotent in that way of just being able to meet every need. So I think there's probably this like, uh, you know, challenge in understanding that, you know, 
our needs being met is different from love because just mm-hmm. our needs being met doesn't always mean that we're receiving that love because we can, you know, I think I hear this in my adults who I work with a lot of times. Uh, and it's sometimes a, I think a traditional or generational view. Uh, we hear the idea, Oh, you know, I put food on the table. I put a roof over your head. So you should know I love you. But we also know that if you don't hear those things, if you don't experience some of those gestures, such as sharing, uh, such as, you know, warmth of, you know, hugs and kisses and things like that. A person can grow up and be like, yeah, I was given everything. Uh, I had a roof over my head. You know, sometimes, you know, we were, you know, very, very well off, but I never felt loved. And then therefore I struggle with the idea of how do I love myself if the people in my life who were supposed to, quote unquote, supposed to love me, such as my mother or my father or my family member, didn't ever show me that. So I think it's something where a lot of people can struggle with that idea of self-love, even self-care, because it's something they've maybe struggled to experience or feel as though that's something that's that's given or, or just there in their life. Mm-hmm. It is very interesting, as you mentioned, that uh, sometimes, um, you know, we um, talk to people and they have received immense of love. But still, they feel like they haven't um, had the love that they expected. Sometimes it's uh, something to do with uh, maybe some sort of um, expectations or too much expectations. Uh, How do we see the world? What is enough? You know what I mean? It's like there's so many um, view into this. That, what, what it means to love, what it means to receive love, how much is enough. And when we say uh, we have to love ourselves, we have to care about ourselves. What does that mean? You know? Yeah, I think it's tough. I mean, it just sparked the the question, you know, how do you quantify love? You know, if I were to say, well, you're hugged 10 times or somebody tells you, you know, once a week, like it feels like it's hard to quantify love in that way. You can't just say, do this. And then that allows a person to feel loved and nurtured. I think there's a real kind of desire to want to give that it's, it's this reciprocity in this way where you're not expected to give it. It's like, you're, you're wanting to give it. You, you look forward to giving it in that way. Uh, and, and also you're, you're aware of it. I always, this is something I, I find a lot of times when I work with patients, particularly men, I, I, I remind them we need actions and we need words. So that idea of, I put a roof over your head, I put food on the table. Yeah, that's important. That's valuable. That is one way that we show that we love, but there's something about saying it too. We need to mm-hmm. say the words. We need exactly. to say, I care. Yeah. We need to yeah. say, you matter to me. Uh, those things, those things mean something. Yeah, because expression is uh, something that we communicate with. You know, I know some people say I'm uh, more into doing things for someone I love, but also the language, especially for women who are expressive, that's what they expect. Yeah, there's the idea too of uh, it kind of alluded to a little bit the idea of love languages. I think that's kind of a, been a, a popular way to to maybe describe the different ways that we experience uh, and receive uh, as well as even give love in that way. And that's something that can allow people to, to maybe make it a little bit more quantifiable, a little bit more definable. Uh, the other thing I was thinking, you know, when attachment is also another topic that maybe one day we can separately talk about, 
But when we talk about attachment, those attachments, um, different types of attachments, they're related to the love that they receive or to, or to the love that they don't receive, even though it's more to that. But I was just thinking that um, attachment topic is also something that it's sort of related as a child in what sort of family, especially the mother who cares, um, who takes care of you. Yeah, there's, uh, I think the attachment theories, uh, Bowlby, uh, Maine, Mary Maine, I believe her name is, uh, great, great things to read uh, if you're intrigued in regards to, you know, these different attachment, you know, theories and these attachment styles. Uh, and and I know there's the secure attachment style. I'm going to forget one I already know. Secure attachment, anxious attachment, and avoidant attachment, uh, and then disorganized, disorganized too. Yeah. yeah, disorganized. Yeah. So we, yeah, we'll, we'll maybe have to, for a future show, kind of go through all of those and and what they look yeah. like. I think the idea of a secure attachment, we can probably guess is the sense that feeling secure, feeling stable in one sense of self, as well as even your connections and your relationships. And I think a lot of times that's what the, the thing is that we strive for. We think, okay, we need to be secure in that way. But I think it's also valuable. And I think of this from a psychological perspective in regards to like symptoms, even with these attachment styles, it's important to know your attachment style, not as a deficit, but so that you can recognize, wait, this is something I struggle with, or this is a way that I connect with others. And so I, I have to be kind of aware of that as I am engaging in connections with others and relationships other, with, with others. And even the idea of you know, how we receive and experience love in connection with others too. I, I suppose we have to be good in receiving as well, you know, because sometimes you notice that people are good in giving, um, however they, they give, whether it's gift giving, whether it's expression, whether it's showing affection, all of that. But then when it comes to receiving, um, is it the superiority that you sometimes feel like? oh, if I receive this gift or if I receive this sort of help, um, you just feel like you're in depth. Uh, and I think that's also another um, topic of psychology. There's so many issues involved in this that each separately can be discussed because some people are very good in giving mm. and they show that and they, they're present um, they do whatever it takes to support and to help. But then when it comes to receiving, not only they don't say that they need something, but also they feel even obligated that how do I respond to this? How do I respond? Um, you know, they feel sort of, um, you know, just obligated. It reminds me a lot of times I find the people who are really good at giving to others, sometimes really struggling in receiving from others. Mm -hmm. They like, no, it's okay. You don't have to, but for themselves, they'll very quickly give to others in a way. And I think that's always something kind of funny to point out. It's like, we could be so comfortable and familiar with just doing that for others. What's it like to receive that for ourselves. And sometimes there's uh, just a discomfort with that. It's it's mm -hmm. the idea of feeling sometimes worthy enough, feeling uh, valuable enough that yes, I can receive that too. 
And I think when you give, it's such a joy that you're doing something for um, anyone, not even your close related people, your friends, but just giving. um, I think there's such a joy in doing something for someone um, or, or some people that it's not as much in receiving. So what is that? What is the psychology behind this that when it comes to giving, it's easier and it's more pleasurable. You don't you don't see so many people who are more um, into receiving than giving. <laughs> you know I mean? It's like uh, I I honestly haven't seen that many people that they receive. I I see people mostly they like to give. Yeah, but they probably don't have many friends because it's like that person just wants all the time. And so it's like, yeah, that to, to have it be one sided, probably on either side, I would say either extreme of just receiving all the time and then just giving too. I yeah. think sometimes we can feel indebted to somebody if they just give and give and give and they don't allow you to reciprocate on some level. And so I think people want to have kind of that back and forth exchange. That's things I find that can be very valuable. It reminds me of a good friend of mine we'll go out to, to eat and I'll treat sometimes and then he'll treat other times. And so it's nice that we can kind of go back and forth in that way. I know for myself, if he treated every single time, I'd be like, Hey, like, I don't, I don't, that doesn't feel so good for me. It feels like I'm just receiving and I'm, I'm not able to, to kind of show my appreciation and gratitude of, you know, our friendship, our connection in that way. And so I, I think it could be one of those things where, it's important to think of, you know, if you allow somebody to to also, you know, kind of give, uh, it, it gives them something too. It's it's you know, to give a gift is just as valuable as to receive a gift, and sometimes that's allowing that person to to take care of you in those little ways, to give in those ways. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got to our first break. Shanvandegan Aziz Radio Bamdad. من سعیده ملک افزالی هستم به همراه دوست و همکارم دکتر الکسانراده دکتر دانیل راکرز امروز با ما نیست من و الکس امروز راجب اینکه چطوری ما از خودمون مراقبت کنیم به خودمون عشق بدیم و از خودمون همانقدر که به دیگران میدیم مراقب خودمونم باشیم ما برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت دوازت که بعد از ظهر به زبان انگلیسی صحبت میکنیم اگر کسانی هستن در منزل یا میشناسین که ممکنه از برنامه ما به زبان انگلیسی استفاده کنن خواهش میکنم ازشون دعوت کنین روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه رادیو بامداد اپش رو دانلود کنن رو تلفنشون هر جا باشن میتونن موقع استراحت موقع راه رفتن در هر شرایطی که سکوتی باشه که بتونن به پادکست های ما گوش بدن میتونن برنامه ما رو بهش توجه داشته باشن برنامه ما زیر عنوان Culture and Psychology در رادیو بامداد در Spotify در آیتون امازون میوزیک و حتی میتونید ما رو گوگل کنین و به پادکست های ما توجه بکنین برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این با کمی بهتر نوشت 
از کجاییم باور آمد که گفت گر روید سر بر نگردد سر We're back with uh, Dr. Alexandrade, and um, we continue our conversation regarding self-care and self-love. Uh, so far, if you haven't been listening to us, we um, talked about different sort of uh, love um, expression. Some people show their love by giving, um, some people by expression of love, um, and some people by doing something nice to others. Uh, but also, on the other hand, there are different types of people who receive. Some people are very good in receiving. Some people are not that much good with receiving. They always like to be, um, you know, the giver. And uh, in psychology, sometimes we talk about maybe it is sort of superiority in us that we always love to be on top of, you know, uh, the issue and be the one who is providing, who is giving. So there's so many different factors when it comes to showing love, but also um, we want to um, express um, our um, really suggestion and recommendation for everyone to also think of giving love to yourself, um, giving um, attention to how much care you personally need. We know we are living in a time that um, technology, the um, modernization is just taking over. And every day we want to have more to provide um, for ourselves or others or the ones that we uh, sort of live with or care for. And this makes us um, always think of uh, materialistic stuff. And that's um, a lot of pressure in many of the families. I mean, uh, we are talking about people who have a hard time sometimes to put food on the table. Yeah. And then thinking about giving gift. And when uh, we actually see that during Christmas, there's so many relationships that um, start having some um, you know, turbulence in and uh, having some issues with. Um, so uh, there's there factors in giving that we have to be cautious um, how we are really taking care of ourselves, how we are giving, because many times, um, I think it was beginning of 20th century when um, women started thinking that in order to be attractive, um, they have to wear different clothing, they have to put makeup differently. Um, and I remember um, seeing movies from um, early um, ages that women were smoking or drinking and men were uh, trying to attract women by uh, having more power, making more money, showing off by uh, giving expensive gifts and all that. And um, the, the, the time at this point is really the time to put all of this in perspective and see why we're doing that. Are we doing it from our heart 
and from the real care or are we doing it for a specific calculation? Because I think it's important to consider all of this. Yeah. And I want to say thank you, Sade, for reminding everybody that the holidays are not too far away. (laughs) Time just flies so fast uh, at the time of this recording. It's September. But yeah, I'm sure it'll be October, November, December before we know it. And yeah, this is going to be something that comes up. Uh, On that note, uh, I always want to kind of encourage people to reflect on the difference between kind of gift giving and giving experiences. I think sometimes we along the lines you mentioned, focus too much on those materialistic things. We're wanting to buy, uh, we're wanting to buy and give tangible things as a way to demonstrate our love, care, uh, affection for others. And I think it's okay to some degree, but it, it reminds me of my parents. Like I have no idea what to buy them anymore for Mother's Day or, or birthdays. It's like, you know, my entire life and I'm in my forties, you know, I bought them little things here and there. And as an adult, I bought them things. I don't know what to get them anymore. And so it can be one of those things where to give just continuously in that way, one, we might run out of, run out of ideas, but also two, there can be those pressures, those financial pressures. Sometimes people feel that the, the expectation to kind of one up yourself, like each year or each gift, it'd be even more extravagant or, or larger in that way. So I usually like to encourage people, think about those experiences that we can have that yes, money may be a part of that, but doesn't have to be the overarching part of that. And it's something that you can have and kind of look back. Uh, it can be something as little as is going somewhere, spending time together. So, you know, we might have to spend gas, things like that, uh, as far as like transportation, but making that be an outing, an event of some kind versus something maybe tangible. Uh, and so those are the things that we build kind of relationships and connections on we, oh, we went and did this together and we went this place. And, uh, you know, we had fun even just, you know, going and having coffee or having lunch, those experiences that can really demonstrate the the care and the love that you have for somebody because you're giving them something that is very valuable. You're giving them your time. You're giving them your time and your attention and your focus. And those are things that in this fast paced world of modernization, like you said, feels sometimes very fleeting in that way. So it could be very valuable. Uh, it can leave a very big impact on a person. And also the health that, um, you know, is the major part of how we live. Uh, if we don't take care of ourselves and if we don't give love to ourselves and accept things about ourselves, uh, we know how much the psychological part of our uh, life affects the physiological of our being. And it is really important to think, do we have enough sleep? Mm -hmm. Are we accepting to do something for someone, putting so much pressure on us? Uh, All of that uh, brings to consideration the the fact that um, we have to have a balance in life. Because I know that a lot of times mothers, especially in, in cultures that we are more familiar with, um, and I want to talk about Persian culture that I'm very familiar with, uh, and in all cultures, because being a mother, it's completely another phenomena in the um, space we live and in the world that in every culture you see, majority of mothers 
give from themselves to the children, no matter how old they are, specifically during the time the kid is growing up and you feel responsible to take care of the, the child. Mother's love, it's um, amazing. It's just nature has given this in a different way. Um, of course, I haven't been experiencing being a father, but from my reading, mm-hmm. from, you know, talking to different people, I know the father love is also another phenomenon, but it's very different than the mother's love. Mother's love is unconditional, but father's love is mostly conditioned. Mm-hmm. You have to do certain things. Otherwise, your father is going to get angry or otherwise your father doesn't like that or you want to please your father but you usually don't want to please your mother because mm-hmm. your mother's love is there you know mm-hmm. it's very interesting phenomenal when you look at this and when you think about it but in general i'm just my um thinking was having this conversation with the mothers that they give 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 and a lot of times I know in our culture to a point that they're doing too much of their selves that of themselves that uh, sometimes um, to a point that they have physical issues, you know, um, they work too hard for their kids. Um, they take care of their grandchildren. Um, they take care of the house. Um, if you wanted you never hear no usually from the mother that I know if you're asked by your children can you take care of my kids can you go pick up my kids from school can you do this can you if you're Mm -hmm. asked from your children you you hardly can say no Mm -hmm. unless it's like doctor's appointment you have something major that you can't change it so it is important to learn the fact that you don't have to always, always to a point that you may get sick yourself, that you may get ill because of doing too much and don't realize that your body can take this much. Mm-hmm. That reminds me too, like a scientific fact that's so amazing. The fact that, you know, how much moms give while the baby is developing inside the woman if the woman isn't getting the nutrients that she needs, the body, the baby will take the nutrients from the mother, even to the point where I've heard like, you know, women's enamel kind of thinning and things like that, where this child is, is needing that from you. And, and again, that's a sign that this, this becomes this pattern of just giving to one's detriment almost in that way. I think it doesn't have to be at a, at a hurt or a cost necessarily, but I think it's uh, oftentimes even the way you're describing it, you know, healthy uh, uh, parenting, healthy motherhood is that idea of wanting to give to your child, wanting to nurture, wanting to love your child. And so I think that's something where, you know, there it can be to, an extreme where one feels kind of like hurt because they're, they're having to, to just give so much in that way. And again, I'm not a mother. I don't know what it's like to be a mother, but uh, uh, to your point, I, I see a lot of moms feeling as though love is equated with suffering. And I, I don't think you have to suffer in order to love. Now that doesn't mean it isn't difficult. That doesn't mean that you're not tired. You're not stressed. You're not worried, but love doesn't have to be suffering in that way. And I think that's something too, is if we experience love as suffering, 
in our uh, earlier years of life, we'll start to equate that sometimes to romantic relationships. It's we'll hear our parents, you know, struggle in that way. Oh, look how much I had to give up, you know, to, you know, be, you know, involved in your life and look how much, you know, stress you caused me. It's like, oh, but I love you so much. And it's like, okay, well, hurt comes with love in that way. And I think that's one of the things that people in their adult relationships and romantic relationships kind of, that's where they start to make those kind of mistakes that it doesn't have to be hurt as an essential part of love in that way. Mm -hmm. Very good point that um, love sometimes comes with suffering. Mm. You know, in general, when you even talk about romantic love, Mm -hmm. the longing, the, uh, you know, because your mind is always involved with the other person. And uh, the fact that what type of person you are, you may go to different route when you're thinking, where is this person? What is the person doing? I mean, all of that may create some sort of suffering when you're not with that person. Uh, So the only time you feel um, happy is the time you're with that person. And we know that doesn't happen because you're not together 24 hours, you know. Yeah. And I think it could be, it could be that. Uh, And sometimes we need to recognize that knowing that that connection is still there, that, that, that it exists, even if we aren't present with each other. And, And so that's something I encourage a lot of times where even those small ways of communicating, sending a text to somebody, Hey, I hope you're good. Hey, I'm thinking about you. Hey, I love you. Those little things that we have in the interim between the time we're together can be so satisfying, as well as even having plans to look forward to things. I can't wait to see you later. I can't wait to hug you later, kiss you later. I can't wait to see you this weekend. And again, it can be one of those things where when there's that excitement and anticipation of the times we're having together, and it kind of goes back to those experiences as well that we have together, that we're nurturing and loving when we are together. Yes, there can be some sadness and some longing because we don't have that, but the excitement and anticipation of knowing that's there and knowing that persists, uh, even regardless of that, could be so valuable. Mm -hmm. You have to be in a very um, depth of understanding in relationship to have that constancy in your mind that the relationship is there Mm -hmm. and that constancy... um, that we are together, we love each other, and we may be apart for some times. But when you're younger, and when you don't have that depth of understanding, that may equate to suffering. But as you mentioned, it is so important to really learn this as an art, that how do you communicate? How do you send messages once in a while, not too much, because then <laughs> again, too much of anything uh, is out of balance. But I mean, once in a while, just send something to say, I'm thinking of you, or I was walking, I saw something that reminded of the time we were together. So something that the other person is sort of assurance that you're the one, you're in my head, uh, you know, I'm thinking of you. And all of that in a relationship, I think is necessary. Because both men and women are longing for love. They they just need it in order to have a better self-esteem, to have more energy in life. It's amazing that how much love is necessary 
in each of our lives. I think the older people as well, and sometimes we forget that older people need, um, you know, padding, need um, closeness, need to receive love in order to have hope for their daily life. Yeah, across across the entirety of our life, we're needing love, affection, connection in that way. Yeah, it's something that doesn't ever go away. Absolutely. Uh, we go to another break. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگه صدای ما رو از رادیو بامداد به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه با همکارانم دکتر الکساندرادی و دکتر دنیل راکرز به زبان انگلیسی صحبت های روانشناسی میکنیم امروز من و دکتر اندرادی در خدمتون هستیم در دو قسمت اول برنامه صحبت راجبه احتیاج هر انسانی به عشق داشتن احتیاج هر انسانی به اینکه حتی از خودش مراقبت کردن و چطور میتونیم این بالانس رو توی زندگیمون در خودمون و در رابطمون ایجاد بکنیم برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو به زبان انگلیسی ادامه میدیم خواهش میکنم اگه کسانی هستن از برنامه ما استفاده میکنن دعوتشون کنیم به برنامه ما توجه بکنن ما بیش از پادکست در رادیو بامداد داریم میتونین صدای ما رو با تاپیک های مختلف از رادیو بامداد بشنوین و همینطور در سپاریفای، در آیتون، در امازان میوزیک پادکست های ما رو میتونین پیدا کنیم به اونها گوش بدین صحبت های ما به صورت معمولی و در رابطه با موضوعات روز یا موضوعاتی که از نظر انسانی و روانی مهم هستند. و خواهش میکنم با برنامه های ما آشنا بشین از طریق رادیو بامداد و به دوستان آشنایانتونم بگین ما یک بریک کوتاه میگیریم و برمیگردیم دوباره در خدمتون هستیم با ما باشید
We are back with Dr. Alexandrade. Dr. Daniel Rockers is not here today with us. Um, and uh, the first two parts of our conversation, we were talking about self-love and uh, self-care. We began with that. And um, as always, we just go to different places when we start talking. So we continue our conversation. And I just wanted to also talk about uh, the... Um, sex role in uh, children's life, in how we um, give love, how we receive love, because there's such a difference between the way women think of receiving love than men think of receiving love. What do you think, Alex, about that? I think there are some, some notable differences, but I think there is a lot of overlap that people don't really uh they don't realize in that way. I think a lot of times men think it's one way, women think it's one way. Uh, but as I found in the work that I've done over the years, you know, we want this very similar things. We may go about it a little differently at times, uh, but we're, we're looking for the same thing. I think a lot of times we're looking for that sense of connection, that sense of being understood, uh, the sense of just feeling kind of needed and, and kind of wanted in that way. I think con being considered is a big piece of it as well. Uh, I think uh, and it, the central piece to all of that is, and it's something that therapists talk about all the time, it's this idea of communication. It's so essential. It's so pivotal to being able to learn what our partner is wanting and what they're needing, what they're thinking. I think too often, if we're not communicating, uh, the assumptions can start to rule us. We start to go to those places of stereotypes that men are this way, that women are this way versus how is this person who I'm with? How is my partner and our own unique experiences shape how we interpret love, how we receive love. So it's it's not always as simple as saying, oh, you're dating a man, then do this. You know, oh, you're dating a woman, do this. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's not as, as clear cut as we would hope it would be. Uh, a lot of times there's a lot of effort, a lot of learning that goes into it. And that's what the communication is about a lot of times is, continuously learning our partner, continuously learning their needs, because our needs and our wants change over the course of our life. Uh, it, they don't always say uh, stagnant or, or the same. So it's, it's something we have to continuously think of what is it that this person is wanting or needing at this point in their life? What is it that makes them feel? I, I always like to ask the question, what makes you feel loved, nourished, acknowledged, supported? Uh, because yeah, it can evolve, it could change. A very good point, Alex. I was just, uh, as you were talking, I was thinking how different personalities we face with in our work, in our life, and especially for psychologists, um, you know, realizing that how different each person is from the other. And the fact that we have, we know that some people are introverts, some people are extrovert. If we see an extrovert thinking, oh, this person is a happy person, maybe not. It's just because that person is outgoing, is expressive. That doesn't mean how deeply that person feels. They may even inside where, where be lonely and be sad. But because they're extrovert, they behave differently when they're in the society. And also each person is very different with the other person in the way they 
um, maybe want to receive love. So why don't we have this conversation and communication with our partners, with people that we care for? People are living together for so many years. They still maybe wonder what would be the best way to show love. You know, after years, they still don't know. They do something that maybe they can turn each other off by acting differently than, you know, something that they shouldn't have even go around that by knowing this person. So I think it's important, as you mentioned, to really communicate well, to understand each other, the interests that you have, and how do you uh, care for people that you love. But one of the things I've noticed, the way you give love is how much you know and how you are satisfied. So even if we pay attention how the other partner or the other person or the other loved ones in our life is showing love to me, that's probably how they like to receive. You know, there are people who like to do something for you. Maybe their type is the type that you have to do something for them. If someone is giving you a gift, maybe that's how you know, you should treat them. So one way to know is by watching and see what's happening. That's why we have to pay attention to each other. Yeah, I think that's a crucial part, that uh, intention, that that awareness in regards to kind of what's going on with our partner. And I, I always tell people, you know, we get caught up in our everyday lives. We got to go to work. We got to do this. We got errands, chores. And in that, we can fall into these these habits and patterns that aren't what we're wanting our relationship to be. So we're having to put that constant uh, effort, energy toward being open, being receptive to our partner in that way. And going back to, as you mentioned, the idea of, you know, giving love, I think a lot of times it starts with ourself. We need to recognize how we identify with love, how we give ourselves love in that way. And one technique that I find that sometimes can be helpful, some questions that I usually encourage is this idea of, uh, you know, we have to learn what self-love is. We, we think a lot of times, well, I, I know how to love myself or I know how to nourish myself. Not always the case. I find it's something that we're exploring because as I mentioned, you know, it, it love, uh, our, our, what satisfies us evolves, it changes over time. And so similarly, how we feel loved, how we receive that even towards ourself evolves and changes over time. So some questions that I find that could be helpful sometimes are kind of what nourishes me, what engages me, what soothes me. And when we find those things that can do that, maybe those are things that allow us to also feel loved and connected with another person in that way. So for example, if I say, well, it, it soothes me to be like wrapped up in a, in a, in a, in a, you know, warm blanket, you know, and sit on the couch, you know, that, that feeling feels really nice. Well, that may mean it feels really nice to, to be hugged by our partner. If it feels, uh, you know, kind of engaging to be learning or to, to, to be kind of, you know, reading something, maybe that's something that we can really value in our relationship, you know, knowledge and sharing knowledge in that way. So by being able to say, well, what do I need to be to be in this relationship? We can, we can lose ourselves. Sometimes we're saying we need to be something for somebody else versus saying what engages me, what nourishes me and how can we bring that to our relationship as well? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's a topic that I think 
uh, it's very important in any human's life because love is part of who we are. It's a big part of who we are. Even when you think about animals, you know, like if you have pets at home, you realize that how much love they need. And it's part of the nature within us that it's very important to pay attention to it rather than, you know, living with someone for so long and um, don't even pay attention to things that we love to see in each other's behavior. You know, if you do this thing this way, that's how it just makes me uncomfortable. If you do this this way, that's how I love to see you doing that. So why don't we have this communication with our loved ones? Why don't we open this up to just realize this very important part of human beings sometimes is not even discussed, is not even pay attention to, because it's in us in natural way. Sometimes we forget even to think about it. Although I was uh, reading uh, The Art of Loving by uh, Eric Fromm. Uh, and, and as you know, this book was very famous during 1969 and 70. And as I was reading, I was just thinking, it is very true because Dr. Fromm in this book um, often talks about, um, and of course, it's uh, like 40 years ago, 50 mm. years ago, this um, topic was uh, very new and brought to people's attention all of a sudden the art of loving and as he describes he says when we like to do something for example to draw to cook um, to sew to just do some hobbies we first of all have so much interest in the route we're going to learn something and also we want to be good at it we practice 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 to really master those skills why don't why don't we ever think of we want to master in loving because it's an art and how do we really be good at it by paying attention to it by read about it by talking to people about it by really finding out um, what is it that it's more interest of others to pay attention to it? Have you noticed that some people, like my brother is one of those people that uh, he just naturally give loves to anyone, specifically to family member. And it, I'm amazed at how much he knows what each person likes. Well, so when we are having dinner together, for example, once in a while when he comes um, from Southern California and we are together, he goes, no, 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 don't put that for so-and-so because he doesn't like this uh, in food. Mm -hmm. um, you know, add ice to the drink of that person because he likes ice. Don't, don't, mm -hmm. don't put ice for this person. And I sometimes wonder how much he pay attention to who likes what, who doesn't like what. And even with my children, he knows what is their favorite food? What is their favorite? Uh, who is their favorite artist or music? And I'm, many times he amazes me that how mm -hmm. much he cares. And when I compare, um, you know, when I really think of someone who deeply loves is my brother, mm -hmm. who pays attention so much, yeah, you know, yeah. So and it's, yeah, no, that's great too. And it's always interesting too. It's like, I, I think of that as like a skill. It's one of those things where 
it probably isn't maybe always effortful for him because it's something that he's just done. And so there's an attentiveness and a tuneness to those things with those people that we care about, with those people that we love. So, you know, I don't think it's ever something we need to master necessarily, but it's a skill I think we could always grow in and always explore a little bit more. What is it like to be a little more engaged, a little bit more loving in our relationships with others? Uh, sometimes that's just something that some people, they're so skilled at it, uh, or there's just so giving in that way that it's just kind of automatic in that way. Yeah. And it's so beautiful when it's automatic. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, we have heard or seen movies that there are men or women who manipulate, who do things uh, in a very artificial way to get what they want. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something that we each have naturally. But as you said, we can develop it. We can grow in that, um, you know, love that naturally is in each of us. Yeah. No, it's great when there's that authenticity to it, where it just it, it just seems to just come from that person in that way. And then it, it's, it's inspiring, I think, a lot of times when we see that somebody can just be so loving and so so giving and nurturing in that way. And I think rather than say, oh, look, they're that way and I can never be that. I think it could be like, well, what is it about them that they're able to do I that? And, do that. And it, yeah, yeah. It'd be great to talk to people about that. Like, how do they do that? Uh, how do they give in that way? And I think a lot of times they 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 struggle to define it, but we can for ourselves just value that and appreciate that and, and explore that a little bit so that we can say, how can I do that in my life? How can I do that with the people that I care about? And I, I find a lot of times it's little. I, I even remind people sometimes even if you just send a text to somebody like, hey, thinking about you hope you have a good day like that that could be nice to be on that receiving it you know to yeah. just be able to share those little messages of yeah. love of care of concern and even uh, now in today's world because of media you receive mm -hmm. a lot of clips and you automatically want to share this with people you love <laughs> you just want them to know if there is an article that is about health you don't want to keep it to yourself. You want to send it to people. It just things remind uh, you of people that you know. So they are in your thought and it's important. And also I was going to just talk about teachers that mm -hmm. the ones that they're authentic, their love for children and their well-being psychologically, it's so obvious that who really is doing this out of love, the sharing, the knowledge that they, they, they're teaching, they care about the kids and all that. You know, it's so obvious that some people go beyond and um, some people are maybe in a balance. They don't spend so much energy and extra time. And some people are just having that as a job. So even in our jobs, we can think of you know, how much we give of ourselves into that job. You know, there's some people that I know the issue is not really part of their job, but because they care, they stand up, they, they, they go beyond their scope of their work to make this work happen in the best way that they can to help the other people in an organization. We have seen this in people in so many ways. Sure. Uh, but what matters, I think, is, as you said, Alex, too, is authenticity. 
is really doing this from your heart, doing yeah. this without any calculation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And again, I think it's something that we we grow in, we can be better at. Like you said earlier, I don't imagine anybody ever saying, you know what, I got enough love, I, I don't need it anymore, or I'm done loving, or I'm done receiving love. Uh, no, it's something that we're always wanting, we're always needing, we're always kind of uh, exploring in that way for ourselves uh, throughout the the life uh, span. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's something that we have to think of what does love mean for us? What is self love? What is self care? Those things are uh, so valuable, so important. Very good. We got to the end of our program. And as usual, we want to share our last statement with our listeners. Uh, uh, my statement to listeners would be, Again, explore these ideas of love for you at this point in your life, because it always changes in regards to what engages us, what nourishes us, what replenishes us. And so as you ask yourself those questions, you can start to find what feels important to you, what feels valuable to you, and find what feels very loving for yourself. And because if we're able to love and give to ourselves, I find it's a little easier we're more open to giving that love towards others, towards uh, relationships. So, Day, how about you? What would you like to leave well, us with? Well, I would like to say just pay attention. You know, we are human beings. We, in every aspect of our life, we have relationship in a different way with our partner, with our friends, with our coworkers, with people that we work for. And in every relationship, if we pay attention to each other, uh, and and just deeply understand each other in every relationship that we are in. Do we really know our friends that well? That what they like? What is their interest? Sometimes we are very much in surface. But if we actually care about people that we are friends with, uh, family members, people, co-workers, any person that we are in touch with, I think it's important to pay attention, to see what is it that makes them happy? What is it that I shouldn't go around it and do it to turn this person off and get them you know, uncomfortable? I think our souls are very soft and sensitive, and we have to pay attention to that. With that, I want to wish everyone a great rest of the week and um, thank my partner at work, Dr. Alexandradi. And wish um, uh, a great week for everyone. We come back and we talk uh, about another topic um, soon. چه سرد و سخت زیباست 
موج این دریا گرد از سر گذاشتم سر نوشتت سر گذاشتم